0: The importance of what you put across the other day and it just came to me today when Reverend Billy Graham's son came on for a commercial and he said we're going through these troubling times and blah 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 and he said all you have to do is close your eyes and accept Jesus into your heart and he'll become your Lord and Savior and guess what scripture just popped right in my mind was that scripture you read about that I am when Jesus yeah. was talking and and I recalled that the Sadducees and Pharisees the thing that pissed them off to kill him was that he said, I am. You you have to you don't believe that I am. And so yep. I started thinking, you know, they're perfectly willing to accept Jesus as a prophet, aren't they? Sure. But that that step, that good news, the gospel, that Jesus is I am, that just gets overlooked really bad, doesn't it?
1: It sure does. Um, and that's and- the- summation is. of
0: the gospel.
1: It is. And, and I am very grateful um, for the many words that I've already received about that message. Um, that message is warning. Beware lest you die in your sins. And Christ gave that warning. Because this is the this is the the time um, how do I want to say this? This was the essence of the time in Christ's day. The essence of the time was that there were Sadducees, Pharisees, and um, on the and the scribes, okay. And there were different beliefs going on, even amongst the peoples then. And one of the key fundamental things that needs to be understood by the Christian is that what was one of those beliefs was there was no way they had read the prophets. They had read, in fact, I was just going through them again tonight isaiah forty four fourteen isaiah forty nine twenty six isaiah fifty four five to eight isaiah fifty nine twenty all of those dealing with the redeemer, the redeemer of Israel. My point being then that here we are our people yet today do not understand as as in those days that this God, Of creation, this God of Jacob Israel that said he would be a God unto them if they would serve and do according to his will, he would bless them, he would make them a multitude of nations, they would bless the entire world, and yet this information, when God divorced them, as Jeremiah 3.8 said, and gave them that bill of divorce in their hand. And the law of God forbid the divorced woman from ever being reunited with her former husband in marriage. You see, this is impossible. It absolutely is impossible because we look at it in our mind and we say, how is this possible that you're gonna be a God unto us, the Israelites, forever? Well, you just divorced us and told us you've divorced us. What kind of a God are you? Oh, you're a lying God. You're a God that says that you'll be a God to us forever, but yet you divorced us because we did a little sinning. You know, we're really sorry about that, but, you know, you could have been just a little more forgiving (laughs) more grace yeah you see and he divorced them and they could not understand this not only in that time not only could they not understand it from the prophecies not only could not the Pharisees understand that Christ did not want them to understand that we don't understand it now and we cannot possibly understand how it is indeed possible but our responsibility it's like we tell a child your responsibility is not the question why yours is but to do or die yeah and it is so fundamental that so consequently christians today Profess with their mouths, as Franklin Graham just told his audience, whoever they were, and said, all you got to do is close your eyes and accept Jesus as your personal Savior. He leaves out that you are to be baptized for the remission of sins, that you are to confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as your Redeemer and Savior. So, in that message there were two things that i was trying to pique the interest of especially the judeo-christian because remember the emailer had emailed and said that she doesn't want to listen to two hours of something that she does not believe in because it says something contrary to her conscious thought process about those that she perceives as God's chosen people, being those that call themselves Jews today. So on the one level, I was trying to reach her, and then on the second level, it dawned on me that since I could not possibly be the person that she was referring to about me not believing that Jesus was God, so I took stock of that and realized that, hey, what she was really doing, essentially, was making it so that I would know that this other brother was apparently having this persuasion for whatever reasons and for whatever teachings and for whatever indoctrinations, it needed to be corrected. And so I sat down as I began to want to confirm in my own mind that I am not one who does not profess that Jesus is God and uh, then determined that I needed to help the other brother, but in, in either case, I recognized that both of them needed help. And it's going to fracture their um, their belief system, if you will. It, it will give it a shock. It's not my intention that it shock it, but it is my intention That they understand that Christ said, unless you believe that I am, and just leave out the he, because the he was not in the original transcript. If you believe not that I am he, or I am, you shall die in your sins. And he told those Pharisees point blank to their face and said, if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. That is a fundamental gospel of the salvation message. That is salvational. And that's what you're saying, isn't it, Russell?
0: Yeah. Did you? Can you give us a scripture reference so those that didn't hear it can look it up? Uh, well, they omitted I am he, or they put he in there. Because without the word he, it took me right back. To God talking to Moses, and they wanted to know who this was that was leading them out of Egypt. And He said, "Just tell them I am doing it."
1: That that is correct. That is correct, and that you know, this I is, you know,
0: this is I am in the flesh. Jesus is talking. He says, "Unless you believe that I am, you don't get it."
1: They didn't. No, no, they didn't. Well, basically, I began at John chapter 5, and this was their first interaction with him where they sought to kill him for 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 uh, his claim. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 17, uh, context is, is he, he told the impotent man to pick up his bed and walk, and, of course, he walked with his bed then, on the sabbath day that was violation number one in the eyes of the pharisees um then in verse 17 he says well let's start 16 for the context uh 15 the man departed and and told the jews that it was jesus which had made him whole therefore did the jews persecute jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the sabbath day verse 17 jesus answered them My father works, and hitherto I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus said unto them, obviously he understood their thoughts, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do, for what things soever he does, these also the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raised up the dead and quickens them, even so the son quickens whom he will. Um, I know what you want is, I believe, in John eight forty three. 43, then. Um, let's see yeah and um, probably fifty eight fifty nine let's see it's john eight twenty four eight twenty four there you go go ahead you can read it
0: this is Jesus speaking therefore i said therefore to you that you shall die in your sins he's talking to the the bad guys for unless you believe that i am And of course in all our Bibles it says he in italicized font or type which means they added that you shall die in your sins. So unless you believe Jesus is speaking that I am who I am. You shall die in your sins. Now that's a black and white decision that you have to make there's no gray there and mr. Franklin Graham is teaching you an error and a a lie actually a big fat whopper and he's a fraud and yet there are many that will send him any amount of money he wants to fight this crisis we're in his daddy was a fraud he misled hundreds of thousands of people according to this word right here that Jesus said it I didn't say it you shall die in your sins
1: and what is that sin let's just clarify that
0: well apparently they don't believe that he he was I am
1: that's exactly it and verse 28, then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things.
2: You now, see. You don't, suppose, you
0: don't suppose they just added that he by coincidence,
1: do you? Well, you know, it's another one of these things that, you know, these are chalked up as inconsistencies between the original manuscripts and so forth, but there's, there's a lot of the inconsistencies. And the inconsistencies, however, do not necessarily take away, um, They you know, in nearly 99% of them, I'll just throw a number out there, or maybe eight, 98% in, in that high of a percentage of the inconsistencies or the discrepancies, if you will, They're not critical. They're they're not very critical. Now, in this case here, one could say that this is a little bit more on the critical side, at least it, it is for those who don't know. But when he says that I am he, that still is okay because he still is saying that he is that who he is. You know he still is telling them, but they're having a hard time believing it and and really, they have the hard time believing it because we in our mind cannot understand how that can be possible now, there are some other scriptures here that I know that people will throw out and attempt to use and let, let me would...
0: let me read this right quick, Doug, and because this is what was weighing on my mind. I don't know how long ago we went through this, but Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel, and I shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? Which is a very logical question. What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And that same I am was sent how many years passed since this took place Doug
1: yeah it was uh it was a long time
0: uh-huh you know it was
1: all it was almost a thousand years um, so that was a millennium when many and, of the prophets when many of the prophecies began to be stated so that in and of and, itself, but and then you go back to Moses, yeah, you're talking about several millennium.
0: And furthermore, the part that really got to me is God furthermore, and in addition to what Moses asked him what to be called, he answered that with the I am. And we discussed what I am was in the manuscript of the Hebrew and it's such a such a combination of consonants we don't know what it is but people call it Yahweh or Yahweh okay and 15 he says thus you shall say to the sons of Israel the Lord the God of your fathers the God of Abraham Isaac and the God of Jacob That separates this God from all the other gods on the planet has sent me to you. That's what God said Moses was to tell the Israelite people. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations, and that's us. We fall into that all generations crowd, don't we? Yeah, we do. Well, aren't we responsible for telling Esther and Esther's children? This combination of letters? Yes. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, and we did a we did a fellowship and it's titled it's in the archives. It's titled. uh, um, Oh, shoot. Now I'm going to draw a blank on it.
0: Um, I I I remember the
1: name name of God I believe or something in that reference in the archives probably oh maybe two months back so probably a couple three pages back in the archives
0: so once we've told our generations that we've done what we were told to do haven't we
1: yep
0: so we move on. <laughs>
1: we... Well, there, yeah, and there's there's much more to keep doing, but yeah. Now, yeah. while yeah. we're while we're in eight, uh, good evening, Rich. To you as well. Good
2: evening,
1: Well, we're in John chapter eight. Um, you know, as I said, I, I I've been thoroughly encouraged uh, by the feedback that has already come through on this particular message, and and I've tried to respond by just. You know, basically saying, you know, thank you, God's words, um, and all I'm doing is my feeble way of trying to help us to more readily understand them today. Because uh, as you had asked, Russell, about how long has this been, I, I think I said a couple of millenniums, but it's it's probably only about less than 1,500 years from the time of Moses. Uh, leading the Israelites out of out of Egypt and the time of Christ so, you know r- Roughly there's there's your time span but still as I said Even as many much, much of the prophecies began to unfold. We're still talking about You know five six and eight hundred and nine hundred years and a thousand years a millennium Which is a pretty long span of time, but let's continue this in John chapter 8 while you're there and uh, turn well, drop down to verse 28. I guess I did read 28. And now let's flip the page, in my Bible at least, and you'll see that one more time. Um, this one takes away the relevancy of the word he. Um, and there's some other stuff I don't want to skip there, but. I'm
0: is that say again
1: in 8 8 yes it, is. yes it is so in 858 and as I say I am skipping some stuff there in John that's very very valuable but that's not the essence of what we're trying to get at here so um, Jesus said say again
0: do you, do you want me to read 58 sure go ahead and Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am.
1: And I I like that because you're reading from a translation that has the word born in it. And my King James does not have that word born in it. But um, And whether that was in the original translations or not, or whether it was an added word, I guess I don't know. I haven't done any study on that. But I, I have... I have read other translations that have the word born there, and that is, is a more helpful translation because it captures the essence of what he's saying about that. And then, again, he concludes with, I am. so Go ahead, Russell.
0: Well, let me finish here because this is very important because right when he said that, it prompted the spirit of these people to want to kill him. He touched a nerve inside their DNA that hated I am. And it was that enmity came from the garden, I guess, because 59 says, therefore, so that means because of what he just said, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus, (laughs) he was smarter than they were. He hid himself and went out of the temple. So when you try to tell people that, let's say there's a crowd of a hundred people and you say, everybody here knows that Jesus was the I am. There'll be a lot of the people in that crowd that want to throw a rock at you. (laughs) They're dispersed all over in America right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. We sure are
0: for the very same reason they wanted to throw them at Jesus what what makes people like that hard to understand
1: now go back to John chapter 8 verses 34 to 43 because this is something that needs clarifying too Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. The servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Well, let's see. I messed up. I need to to go up. I want to make this note. Let's go to 31. Then said Jesus unto those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, that word Jews should be the Judahites or the Judeans. Then said Jesus to those Judeans or Judahites, which believed on him. It really is Judean because it would have been, well, it would have been either Judean or Judahites. In the context of what he is saying, he is speaking to those people who received the truth that he just got through speaking, both in 24 and 28, which you are conveying about that, Russell. um, And he spake those words, then he says to those Jews, which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Okay, so that makes us stop right there and say, wait a minute, if I continue in that word that says that Jesus is the I am, then I am going to be according to the scriptures and a disciple indeed, correct? Now, verse 32. Verse 32.
0: I I just noticed something. Because verse 32, he says, and you shall know the truth. And what was the truth?
1: Absolutely correct. I am. That is absolutely. Now, somebody.
0: somebody, He said, you also get the bonus, you get to be free if you figure that out.
1: Exactly. Now, um, somebody open up to Romans 6, chapter 14, or excuse me, Romans 6, and whoever's doing that Romans 6, put your finger in Romans 22, and uh, somebody can grab James 1.25 and James 2. I'll grab James, I guess, and let's understand a little bit more about what he is saying um, from the perspective of an Apostle James. And in Romans 6, that must be the Apostle Peter, I would think, at that early part of Romans. So, who's got Romans opened up? Somebody got it yet? I do. All right. Russell, go to 6, uh, 14. And eighteen. Read those two. For sin shall not
0: for sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And what was the other one? Eighteen. And having been freed from sin you became slaves of righteousness.
1: Okay, so that's the truth that James is saying that makes you free from your sins. So back to Franklin Graham. What did he say? Close your eyes. Accept Jesus into your heart or whatever he said. Now, James didn't say that. James said in 14, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Well, if you don't know the grace of God that you became under as being a redeemed of Israel, and of course, the only redemption, the only, there is no redemption to anyone but Israel. Now let that sink in. There is no redemption to anyone but Israel. It is okay. impossible, for, it is impossible for any other people to be redeemed, but Israel. I know that may not sound good to you, but, but I, Are you
0: saying there's no other redemption
1: necessary? No, no I'm saying no, I'm saying um, it's a no, I am saying, let me be clear. Let me be clear. I am saying it is a biblical truth, and you cannot get any way out of it. It is a biblical truth. Don't get bogged down in this. Just hear the words. It is a biblical truth. It is impossible for anyone but Israel to be redeemed because only only Israel could be redeemed. Now, can somebody else be forgiven of sins? Can somebody else come to the Father through the knowledge of this truth? Yes, they can. There is a door. But I'm just trying to get people to wrap their head around the fact, and it is a biblical fact, no other people can claim that they are redeemed, but Israel. Am I well, making there's sense a, of that?
0: There's a reason for that.
1: Yes. Doesn't that go back
0: <clears throat> to Adam? Well, in the Lord's Supper, he says, remember this blood, drink this wine, and remembrance of, of the blood, Remember the promise that was made between Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his descendants. There was a huge promise with all right. of those people and no other people. So to me, that sets the conditions for this, what, what Doug just said. No, none of these other races made the promise. I can see they didn't make the deal with God. They're not in the contract.
1: That's exactly right. That is the essence of the marriage covenant. That is the bond. Back to Esther's question, does that go back to Adam? Well, let me ask this question. Are you, when you ask that question, are you operating from the understanding that the descendants of Abraham, are also the descendants of Adam and is that what you're asking are you asking does that then mean that Adam is the redeemed or Adam kind or Adam uh genealogy was redeemed the short answer to that is don't complicate it in uh in this fact basically or to overlook the fact and intend to overcomplicate it because Jacob Israel, as your dad just said, is the only one that was in the contract. They were the only ones under that covenant and under that binding. You cannot be redeemed if you haven't first been sold, and was not Israel, Jacob Israel sold for her whoredoms? Was she not sold into servitude and bondage? The answer to that, of course, is yes. So, keeping it within the confines of the structure of the covenant and the marriage, we know that Jacob, Israel is the only people that could be redeemed. So, I know that there was going to be many that would say, Well, wait a minute. Well, what about everybody else? Well, everybody else is always referred in relationship to. The Israelites. There's a famous quote from a a good theologian, and I I forget his name, but I recall the quote was, and I'll paraphrase it, and that is basically what I just stated, which is you have to fundamentally recognize that the biblical record does not deal with any other peoples per se, but only as they interact or in some ways come in contact with jacob israel because once you get past what i don't know genesis 6 8 somewhere in there 10 maybe um, you're dealing with jacob israel you're dealing with abraham's descendants are you following me yeah and everything in the bible then is relative to them if anybody is mentioned at all It is only in relationship to those people. That doesn't, you know, nobody should be afraid of that. Nobody should be ashamed of that. In fact, in that message, I refer to that. I refer to the scriptures that say you should not be ashamed of that message. You are not to be ashamed of that truth that we just read. He, as Russell said right there, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then we were cross-referenced to Romans six fourteen and 18, and also uh, Romans 22, 8, and 2. So, Russell, you can grab that one quick since you're still in Romans. I got
2: and, it.
1: 18. Okay, so go ahead with
2: 8,
1: uh, with 22, um, excuse me. Uh, no, no, my... Yeah, hold on. 14, 18, and 22, so I shorted you a verse, and I'll give that because I'm there. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Now, let's just stop there on that verse. These people being made free from the sin, Israel was bound in sin. They were cast off and divorced. They were still in sin. It wasn't until they got redeemed by the blood of Christ, by the death, burial, and resurrection, it was not until they were redeemed that they were freed from the law, which kept them in that sin which God had cast them off for. So in 22, but now being made free from the sin, how were they made free from the sin? By the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. God in the flesh laid down his life that he could remove the sin and also the the penalty, which was separation from God because of the divorce And they became made free from that sin, just right back to 8.32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you see why this is salvational? Do not let anybody tell you, well, I don't get it, brother. I don't understand what this has to do with salvation. Who cares who the Israelites are? I'm telling you, lest you die in your sins, because that's exactly what Jesus Christ said. He said to those Pharisees who did not believe and did not believe, well, people say, well, Doug, I believe that Christ is, you know, the Son of God. I believe that Christ is, is God in the flesh. I, I believe that. Okay, so do the demons, according to Christ. Well,
0: listen to this, Doug. That word in, we hear these words all the time. Ah, he's in sin. What does that mean? Well, uh. I looked it up and it says that is within, internal, a sense of holding power. So, what that appears to mean is you're not under this holding power anymore. You're free from that bondage, sin. You don't have to sin.
1: You were freed from that you were freed from that sin which held you all your life unable to reattach yourself to God. You were free from that. And so he's saying, "Why would you want to sin anymore, knowing what this God of creation has done for you? Are you following me? Ten four. And so, essentially, why would you ever want to go back to sin knowing the great sacrifice that was done for you on your behalf? It's kind of like
0: being an addict, wouldn't it? Uh, An opioid.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing is... is, Yeah.
0: You've been made free from this horrible thing, this addiction. He's saying, why in the world would you go back? Exactly. You've got a future now. know and it could be a myriad of things not just drugs it could be let's say you got molested as a kid or whatever you you got to go on you got to keep moving on you know whatever you you've been given a a ticket out of it
1: see if we can take these scriptures out of con out of the context Of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and the true meaning of that redeemed Israel and the redemption of Israel. If we can take it out of the context of that, we can just make it all flowery and lovey dovey. But the Bible requires us to keep it within the context, first of all, and then second of all, to recognize what keeping it in the context should mean to us. And then thirdly, we want our lives to become the lives that emulate the will of the Father. So, what are you saying, Doug? I'm saying Christ said to the Pharisees of old, if you do not believe that I am he, so any of these people... That do not believe that Christ is God in the flesh, that I am He. And again, as i, I as I said, I gave you a number of of uh, prophecies out of Isaiah. There are more. So if you and he and Christ tells him he says, if you do not believe, you've got the prophets and Moses to believe when they when he gave the analogy of 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 the those in the in the in the depths of of death. And said, you know, if you don't, um, doing a terrible job on it, if you don't acknowledge and understand the prophets and Moses, then you're not going to believe of one raised from the dead. And this is exactly what he was conveying to them. And he said that they would die in their sins because they would not receive this truth and under, understand this gospel message that he was God in the flesh. And even though we can't understand how that could be possible, you can't understand how a virgin birth can be possible. There's a whole lot of things about God that we cannot understand or that we could actually explain them to somebody. And there's a whole lot of things that scientists can't explain and the atheist and the agnostic can't explain. Just because I, in the feebleness of my mind, am not able to explain something to you does not mean that it still is not true and does not mean certainly what's more important is that I believe it. that's what Christ said. If you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins because you will have no redemption. you will have no salvation. So then I went to the greater extreme throughout that message to conclude with, basically, this whole idea, the Jews are God's chosen people who do not profess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, number one. Oh, and you'll hear a lot of people out there, oh, yeah, the Jews, yeah, they're coming around. They they really do believe now. They You know, there's Messianic Jews and... And, and all I can do is tell you, I caution you right now. If you're attending any church that intends to have a rabbi come in. You best ask your pastor if that rabbi has been baptized for the remission of sins and has confessed the name of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, born of a woman, who has redeemed Israel. Because. If he cannot profess that, the Apostle John, and that's where I concluded the message with, the Apostle John said, you shouldn't even fellowship with them. And you certainly should not be inviting them into your home. You could pass them on the street, say hello, I guess. But that's the extent of it because the risk is that you be deceived by the subtlety and craftiness of their words and that goes right back to the garden the craftiness and subtlety of the words well he he did not say thou shalt surely die He knows that thou shalt not surely die when thou eatest of it. He knows that you will become as God. Well, gee, I'd like to become as God. And if I can eat it and I will not die, if I can partake of the sin, if I can partake of Twisted words and partake of ignoring the word of God and the command of my Creator who just created me, and say, Well, surely He must have made a mistake. Surely He must not intend for me not to know these things that I might know good and evil and be able to be like He. I'd like
0: to read something, Doug, if you don't mind. Another one of those things that we we talk about, but I'm just not sure everybody comprehends. The word redeem, and this is in a modern-day dictionary, to compensate for faults or bad aspects of something. Number two, gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. remember the words we were redeemed by his blood yep and uh, then the 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 meaning of the words of 15th century to buy back or ransom in a theological sense deliver from sin and spiritual death from the old French word "redemier" to buy back from Latin Ready me here to redeem, buy back. The prefix R E D, back, or the suffix. Oh, that's prefix. Back, C R E, to Emery, to take, buy, gain, procure. So, I mean, in, in summation, sense of making good a promise or obligation doesn't
1: that describe a lot about our God it does go back to John chapter 8 I want to bring something else out that we often get overlooked or we miss in John chapter 8 verse 41 I mean this whole book of John is is extremely important especially this chapter 8 it's filled with information vital to our salvation 41, he says, You do the deeds of your father. Well, first of all, remember that up in 34, 33, they answered him and said, Well, we be Abraham's seed. We've never been in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be free? Then, of course, he answers it, dropping down to 41. He says, You do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Did they not just attempt to stone him? About 20 verses earlier, for making himself equal with God? Mm-hmm. And they just did the same thing. See, they understood what it meant to be the seed of Abraham. They understood that there was there was benefits attached to that name. It's like the king family name. You see, the king family name means something to the king family. And it's a king family name. And Abraham, you see, being attached to Abraham, that gives you all sorts of benefits. So if I can convince somebody that I am of Abraham's seed, and some will say, well, Christ never denied that they were of Abraham's seed. He said, well, no, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. So just being... Of Abraham's seed does not mean that you are of the promise and therefore subject to the terms of the promise and the subsequent redemption involved in the promise and so the point is that I feel is so necessary that I believe is absolutely critical that those of us who have come to know and understand our biblical israelite identity we are not to be ashamed of it and i am so grateful that so many people have already told me that that message has been very well received and i'm I'm thankful for that as i said though there are the words of god it is just my pitiful attempt at trying to make them more understandable or at least to make the point that's been not that, that's not been made for so long go ahead Russell
0: but let, let me finish up now on 43 why Jesus is asking them why do you not understand what I'm saying so he asked the question then he answers it though. it is because you cannot hear my word and if you look up the word here it also translates to obey or follow. They can't follow his word. And in 44, he tells them why they can't. Because your father is the accuser.
1: Exactly.
0: The slanderer. And you want to do the desires of your father, the slanderer. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in the slander. Whenever he speaks, he slanders a big, fat, whopping lot. He speaks from his own nature,
1: which is his
0: DNA, apparently. I don't know any better way to say nature, do you? Nope. Or he's a liar. And the originator of lies, or the king of liars, or the the big Daddy liar, but because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. And again, it's because they couldn't, it's not in their
1: makeup. And then he says, Well, which of you is going to convict me of sin? If I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Again, what did he say in 32? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That is, if you indeed continue in my word, which he said in 31, 831, that those would be his disciples indeed. So a disciple that is a disciple of Christ is not going to shirk from this word of truth, correct? And he that is of God hears God's words. You, therefore, hear them not because you are not of God. Pretty, you know, it's it's one of the most explicit passages and chapters of Scripture that the general church body will not receive. You can liken it to the... To, to the words of Christ when he said you shall indeed eat my flesh and drink my blood it's called the collapse of the galilean ministry when Christ said those words his, many of his followers walked away and Christ turned to the other disciples and said are you too going to go because that is a hard for people to understand you must eat my flesh and drink my blood because they do not understand and they have not been taught what was meant by that. And so those there were likewise repulsed at that idea but could not understand spiritually what he was conveying to them in that partaking of his flesh and partaking of his blood in our act of communion is an acknowledgement of him and of that sacrifice that he had made for the redemption of Israel. And yet there were those that could not, could not receive that truth. Go ahead. In verse 51,
0: Truly, truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Now what's the first thing you think of there is wow, I don't get that. Yeah. Okay, now if you look into I went and studied dead and death. And it's interesting, very interesting because one of the meanings of dead is insensible, void of perception, inactive, dull, muffled. Okay, now that makes sense, doesn't it? You're you're never gonna see this state of being. You're gonna be enlightened. If you keep his word, you're going to be enlightened you're not going to be
1: void of perception you're going to
0: perceive
1: and and even though you may sleep but see this is another one of these things that the church world has taught you go to any funeral practically today and they're going to talk all incessantly about how They're so happy that George has gone to be with the angels, and George has gone to be with Christ, and on and on and on and on and on. But that is not what happens. What happens when one dies, we've got a fellowship, I think, by that title also. It happens to be a very popularly received uh, message as well. And you die. When you die, you die. You sleep. That's why they said, well, he sleeps. Because in their mind, that's an acknowledgement of this truth right here, that you will sleep until the resurrection where you do not see this death. But look at what the, the Pharisees said to him. Then said the Judeans or Judahites unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil, thou hast a demonion, a Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou says, if a man keeps my saying, he shall never taste of death. Are you greater than, excuse me, that was Christ's word, Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, and they use his words, that's what I mean. If a man keeps my saying, he shall never taste of death, then in 53, art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead. If the prophets are dead, who makes you, you know, who makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honors me, of whom you say, He is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and I keep his saying, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see the day and he saw it and was glad. Then said they unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was born, I was." Wow. I don't know about you guys, but it sends chills down my back thinking about God coming here on his creation in the flesh, walking amongst us, walking amongst us in a form that he would not destroy us with a great, you know, think about this. When he told Moses, you cannot see me, he said, Turn away, let me go past you, and you can see me after I've gone past you because you can't look upon me or you'd be dead. And, of course, we know that that's what everybody believed. Jacob believed it. He thought when he wrestled with the angel of God, knowing that he was face to face with God, that he was going to die. And the angel told him, fear not. And we could go on and on with other examples of that. Those words are not written in these scriptures just because they're meaningless. They're written in these scriptures for our learning, for our understanding. They're there for us to give us that guidance into that hope and that everlasting love. And that's why this, you know, this book of Hosea that we've been in about this greatest love story of the ages, you know, um, it is truly the greatest love story of the ages. Would to God that Christians the world over really understood this fantastic love story of the ages and then could embrace everything that it means to them, I believe there would be a great revival that would say, we will not do anymore. You know, think of this, just just this week, what have we got going on? We've got our leaders in our assembly halls saying we're going to pass a bill that will provide relief to all of you. And in that bill, we need funding to kill more babies while the bill is designed for the purpose of helping to prevent loss of life. How dichotomous is that that is um, insane. It is the essence of what are they what's the word they use for the the, uh, the insane thing uh, schizophrenic uh, yeah. this is and and we expect we expect that Paranoid everything's just going to be a okay. Well, let me tell you this. If they pass that bill with that blood money back in it, I can guarantee you our God has not seen the last of what he intends to do to this nation and to his people across the globe for refusing to believe him and refusing to follow his words that they may be the blessing to the world. You can call me crazy. You can say whatever you want, but there's no denying what the scripture says. Brother Russell reminded me of something that I said when we began when 20 some men said that we needed to we needed to stay together and we needed to connect in fellowship and we started this and he said Doug you told us we are not getting out of this without God and we are right here on the precipice of our own destruction here in America we refuse to acknowledge that it's a destruction of God being brought upon us For all of our sins, and we continue to have elders, leaders, clergy that continue to neglect their duty. Russell, I, and and Rich spent Friday night talking about, I think it was Friday night, Daniel chapter 3. People can't see the connection in that. Well, this is a virus. Daniel 3 was a statute. It was a decree. The decree was bow down and do this. Mm -hmm. And the decree is you take this money and you give it to abortion clinics. That's a decree.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't... You know, we are so stuck on sometimes the simplest, stupid, idiotic things like, well, it's about a statue. No, it's the principle in it. It's like the legislative intent of the law. The legislative intent of the law in chapter uh, 24 of Deuteronomy said that a divorced woman could not be reunited with his former husband in marriage, with her former husband in marriage because it would defile the land. Even though God never intended divorce at all, remember Christ said it wasn't that way in the beginning. But even still, what we bound on earth, what Moses bound on earth, God honored it in the heavens. He gave her the bill of divorce. He set her apart and sent her away out of his house pushed her off into the wilderness, said, you're out of the land that I gave you for an inheritance. Divorced her. Put her away. And the divorced woman can is forbidden from reuniting with her former husband in marriage unless her former husband be dead. Who died on the cross? The husband or the son? The husband has to Free the woman bound by marriage law, because we don't like law, because the church world today despises law, because the church world wants to take all law and throw all law in the Scripture out, instead of one law, which Paul said they were free from.
2: And they want to lump
1: it all together and say, you see there? It's all been done away in Christ. No. The marriage law had been done away in Christ. The law forbidding the former bride from being reunited with her former husband in marriage.
2: You know,
0: the big boogeyman this past month has been the virus, hadn't it? Yeah. Crown crown virus. And was it Jesus that said it or who? They said you best not fear the boogeyman, you need to fear the one that has the power over life and death. Amen. All right, that.
2: The One who can kill the body and the soul. That's yeah. right.
0: And so they have attacked us with fear. There's no other way to put it. This assault has all been based on fear.
2: Well, yeah that's the full job and,
0: and can you imagine what the Egyptians were hollering at the Israelites to keep them all scared when they took off with Moses the naysayers let's just turn around and go back to Egypt we had it better there than going off into this fearful place to get the virus I mean seriously we've had a lot worst boogeyman's haven't we I mean it was it used to be nuclear weaponry didn't it They're always conjuring up some boogeyman and none of the where is the Christians of America that the ones that have the podium that could speak out well i heard that one that was just, that was pathetic but i mean
2: you would think
0: Where's Jamie Dobson?
1: Look over to John John chapter 10 real quick. I know we're running out of time. John chapter 10. Jesus is going to be accused basically of blasphemy. And then came the Jews round about him. Verse 24 of chapter 10 said to him, How long does thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. You see, just tell us. Just tell us who you are. That's all we want to know, because as soon as you tell us who we are, we're going to kill you anyway. But, of course, they didn't say that. But that's what they meant. Jesus answered, I told you, you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. You believe not, because you are not my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, any man. Notice he said, neither shall any man pluck them out of his hand. I want you guys to get that down. The only reason that you can be plucked out of God's hand is by who? Well, yourself, I guess. Another man. My father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Then they took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I shown you from my father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man, makes thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said you are God's. I just like that. I said, you know, he has a great way of just throwing something in there that must just really pique him. But when you're sitting there talking, does not the law does it not say in your law, I said <laughs> you are God's? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say you of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemes, because I said I am the Son of God? Now he's like, he's just totally incredulous here. Oh wait a minute. I tell you that I'm the Son of God, you're going to stone me. I tell you that I am God, you're going to stone me. i you yourselves say that you have one Father, even God, but you don't want to stone yourself. I mean, this has <laughs> got to be pretty. This has got to be pretty confusing. He says, "If I do not the works of my Father, don't believe me. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in Him." It's just. It's just. Um, it's just a really. Um, It just seems to be a go ahead. He's driving driving (laughs) him crazy.
2: Yeah, he was.
0: (laughs) Let's pray. Let's
2: Let's do it. Go ahead.
0: Lord, give us us courage. We need courage now more than ever to do. The right thing, and try to figure out things to do to please you. that's what we ought to be afraid of is not pleasing you, God, in our behavior. Give us a mind to to decipher and go through your book and understand it Give clear our minds and give us understanding, and that's the ability to see and hear. Father help us we cry out to you tonight. this whole country is a mess. We go to come to cry out to you for answers
1: hey, Heavenly Father, you know Brother Russell's prayer there Father, you know. Not only is this nation in a mess, this world is in a mess because it receives not your truth, it receives not your word, fully comprehending and understanding. Father, we know that we learn, we learn best when we learn from your word. Father, would to God that while people are sitting at home, they'll pull that Bible out instead of that video game that they'll pull out that Bible and sit down with the family and and ask, why has this befallen us? That you would show each and every one of them why it has. That you would give them the answers in your word that they might humble themselves before you and go down on bended knee acknowledging that you are indeed the great I am. God of the creation that we call our home the lands flowing with milk and honey that you've given us and father these evil doers that continue their wickedness father we are praying against them and their evil designs father I know that we deserve exactly what you have done in the wicked plans that they devise father I think of the days in which your people were led into captivities, and I, I think about that captivity and, and what it means and the stripping the captives naked, that they go into the captivity having nothing, nothing to remind them of who they are, what they are, what they were, where they came from. The only thing they have left is their mind, is their mental capability. If they can retain it and hold on to it while the the wicked doers are given a free hand and a free reign by you. Father, our only prayer is that they overstep their bounds and that you will intercede on our behalf, Because it does not appear that your people are willing to pray and humble themselves and to really do your will. Father, again, we pray for Brother Eric and his wife, extended family, over the loss of their child. Father, we know that it causes great pain to lose a young child, especially at the hands of the medical establishment that you went there for because you didn't know what else to do. And I know that they prayed, Father, I know that they cried out to you all the way that they were traveling, seeking some assistance from those who claim to have medical understandings and can assist, just oftentimes Father, we don't know what's wrong and we, in fear, try to go for help and assistance. And for those that gave him the stuff, that child, what they did that caused him to convulse and go into a seizure. Father, if that person or persons knew. And Father, those in the pharmacia that know the quote-unquote side effects. Oh, Father, I look forward and long for the day. Of your vengeance and justice being meted out for that young boy. Father, pray for all of our families, all of our children, our extended families. In this hour and in this time, we need it. Father, I pray against those that would design to have us all take a vaccination. I pray that this president will turn on a dime and take his cue from you and stop this nonsense, put the people to work, and yeah. go, go against every one of these medical people and medical practitioners, because God, I believe that in the day that he does that, you, if he does it truly relying upon you, you will see to it that there be no more deaths, no more illnesses, and no more sicknesses, Because we trusted in you and we went after you. We stop this nonsense that they are doing to your people all over the world and to the rest of mankind who we are supposed to be the blessings to. Let us turn to God. Let us trust in you. I ask it. I pray that your spirit will come right upon President Trump. We will have that word, that that's what he's doing, and we will rejoice and give thanks to you in that hour and in that day for knowing that you have answered that prayer and he has succumbed to your desire and your will. We ask it and bless the holy name of your Son, your intercessor for us in this hour that he is in as a national leader. We ask it. We thank you for it. Amen. 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 Amen.
2: for Amen. Amen. your blessing over this nation, although we don't deserve it, Father, we are your people. And we call out to you as your children. No, you won't desert us in a time like this. Lord God, let your wrath fall down on the enemy. Bring down fire from heaven. Cook those bastards that are out to kill your people. Those that come to kill, steal, and destroy, give them what they deserve, Father. Those baby killers that lust for the blood of our children, Lord God, take them out. Let their wives be widows, let their children be orphans Let them am begging the streets, and be no more in this generation. Take them out, Heavenly Father, and let them know it was an act of God, and you did it. Amen. Yeah. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, men, I know it's getting late, and I do always say thank you for those have decided to share that time with me and I thank you for it. Hey, good night, guys. All good right, night.
2: good
1: night. Thank you,
2: you guys good, good night.